Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. We're so glad that you could join us today as we wrap up our series on the Ten Commandments. Yeah, this has been a long one, right? Tens yeah. episodes. And so it's, it's, been, it's, fun. it's been great. Yeah, I've really, really appreciated uh, just kind of putting my heart and mind to these a little more deeply and you know, I think each time has been a bit of an examination of conscience within myself to understand how I'm actually living these things out. And, you know, I desire so much not to be spiritually lazy, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and give myself passes where I'm not, you know, really living out uh, these commands as, as God would, would hope for me to. Always trusting in his mercy, but also wanting to live in, in the truth of myself. Yes. And so I think that's uh, honestly what we've been hoping to try to um, encourage everyone as, as they listen to these um, commandments and the things that we've talked about and the different, you know, kind of perspectives we've brought uh, to them is to just really, you know, look within oneself and, and just ask the Lord to reveal where are those places where, you know, we still need um, refining and, right. and purifying of our intentions and, and our desires and, and so this last one kind of wraps it up um, with, uh, you know, really ordered towards the material. Uh, all the other ones uh, have been so focused on other people in, in general. Um, well, I guess this one really does seem analogous to stealing, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not coveting our neighbor's goods. So maybe we could just start the discussion by trying to parse out a little bit of uh, how it differs from stealing. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> well, I kind of think uh, of it being similar to the way that don't commit adultery and don't covet thy neighbor's wife or husband relate to each other. So stealing is literally taking your neighbor's goods, right? You know, desiring something for yourself and, and making moves in order to make it your own uh, in a very active way. Whereas coveting neighbor's goods is, is more about that place of envy, like we talked about um, in the last I think podcast. En- envy and greed are, are really apparent in this one as well. Absolutely. Um, and I also think that one of the shades of this one is coming to see material goods as the source of happiness and fulfillment. And security. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that really, again, gets back to some of the topics that we talked about in the not stealing um, part of things about, do we really trust that what the Lord gives us is enough as far as, you know, may, our life being... Mm-hmm what it's meant to be and being fulfilling and um right i would see that people who really struggle more with vanity or sensuality that this one might be a little grander in their hearts Mm -hmm. more propensity to it because the private person says i'm awesome and i have everything i need but the sensual person says i want more comfort and then of course um the vain person wants to look really good and have all these things so they are uh, the talk of the town. Sure. They get a lot of attention for their goods and what they have. So I can see that being easier to fall into wanting, um, well, I want that car that she's driving. Or mm. again, we had made that kind of analogy. Right. And I mean, I think we can agree that generally we're not coveting things that other people have that we think are inferior to what we have. 
right? So it's this this idea of wanting to advance along the path of either prestige or uh, pleasure, comfort. Well, you know, I want to slow down for just a second, because since this is kind of something I've really struggled with throughout my life, and when things started to change is when I acknowledged a lie I had bought, Megan. Okay. And the lie that I bought when I was young, I mean, I'm talking young, like elementary school. People who have wealth are better. Hmm. They're better and they're more loved. And okay. I wanted to be loved uh-huh. and I wanted to be good. And I thought wealth and possession equaled loved and better. Yeah, that is and definitely a lie of the enemy, isn't oh it? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. But, you know, how long was it? I was in adulthood before I realized, wait, wait, that's a lie. And then I've you know, spent a lot of time rebuking that lie. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you, you have to, you know, Megan often talks, my friends, about in the spiritual guidance going back and digging in deeper as to where this is coming from. And I will encourage you to look at, well, did you buy a lie? Is there a lie behind that? Because once you identify that lie, you can start to unpack um, your sin tendencies. Right. Yeah. And what I hear in that lie is a questioning of whether you're truly lovable for who you are, or do you need to get love by the things you have. Right. Is it is it only the trappings of a life as opposed to the truth of a heart that make one lovable and one acceptable mm-hmm. and one someone who's going to be sought out or respected. You know, I think that's an area where um I've you know definitely read a lot that um particularly in the heart of a man like respect uh, is a really big thing, right? Yes. And so if if someone sees, you know, a person who has these trappings of wealth, getting a lot of respect, just without even knowing the person, like, do they just see the stuff they have and they're immediately respected? You could see how someone who's desiring respect <coughs> would yeah. want that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I can see that. <laughs> Most definitely is someone who's really fallen into that, too, Um, because like, for instance, a good example would be people that have a lot of fame and add, add, you know, what adulation, what's the right word? Not adoration, but where people really, you know, really pump them up, that they're really great. Some of these celebrities who really we don't know who these people are, but they're famous and well liked by many people. And so sometimes we think, God, that's really awesome. When in fact is, no, that's. That's not really how it works. Right. You know, I think it's interesting. My husband and I were actually just recently talking about celebrity and how, you know, just having celebrity, which in a way is really a good, right? Like, I'm not talking about a good as in, excuse me, man. It's a material good. (laughs) It's a material good um, that it opens doors for them to be able to get their voice heard. Like in a way that, you know, a person who wasn't famous isn't going to have the same opportunity. Right. And so sometimes I think with this great desire to maybe just be able to be heard, someone thinks if they have all this other stuff that that's going to give them a platform Mm -hmm. to 
be heard and seen. Mm. So maybe some of it is coming from this sense of being that, that you're not seen, that no one really understands me, sees me, hears me. And so in that lie, you're forgetting that there is the one who created you, who knows you, who loves you, who sees every part of you. Mm. And if we lose that grounding principle as the place of our identity, it's going to, we're going to be much more susceptible to wanting to get these trappings of the material world to kind of get the shortcut to being seen. Yes, you know, Megan, but I also see in the term goods, I'm going to play, I'm going to play you here for a second, <laughs> it's not simply about material, but what about spiritual gifts another person may have? Ooh, yeah. And because that's a real thing, too. Absolutely. Like, I wish I had those spiritual gifts, but I mm -hmm. don't. So you can see how someone could covet the spiritual gift. Like, I'm so guilty of that, too. Like, when I even started learning about spiritual gifts, all my friends around me had gifts that really materialized in the world with, you know, administration or... Of hospitality, things like that. And none of mine did. And mm. I wanted those that people could see because it goes back to my vanity and da, 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 da. So I just right. wanted to point out that those goods may be a spiritual gift. I think that's a really, really good point because I actually just uh, am about to wrap up a book study on um, a book called Fruitful Discipleship, um, which talks about you know, all the spiritual gifts and mm. kind of goes into them and what they are and how they get manifested and, and all those sort of things. And um, as we started out, like I a lot wanted to discuss a lot this idea of do you see as some gifts being more lofty than others, mm. more respectable than others, more um, valued by the church than others? And, you know, I think there is a lot of that, um, that sense and a lot of the comparison that, you know, well, you know, I really wish I had that one or, you know, I could be so much more effective as a witness to the Lord if I manifested gifts like that. And why is the Lord being stingy with me for not giving that? Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Which is such a sad place to be because in the end, a gift of the Holy Spirit is like awesome. No matter what it is. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that the Lord gave you the ones he wanted you to have to do the work he wanted you to do. Exactly. And so if we start like just, you know, minimizing the gifts the Lord's given us and oh, I'm coveting so the of gifts of the other, we're not going to be doing the work yeah. we're meant to be doing. I, you know, I don't think I necessarily covet it, but there is times where, you know, I look and go, wow, that's such a cool gift. And it, it can be a little sad that I don't have it. I say that's coveting. It is? Yeah. because I'm so I don't happy think, for them. I don't think you have to say it has to be envy. I mean, even just I not being just at peace with what you have and what you've been given and that's wishing true. you had something other, I think is still falling under this. Right. You know. Well, you know, if I examine that a little closer, I think I have a really, really good sense of amnesia of what my gifts really are. Oh, absolutely. Because I yeah. I have them and I don't I don't really think about them that much. 
um, doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they come out all the time, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and I think the things that feel more natural to us and come easier to us, we often minimize. Mm-hmm. Well, that's no big deal. Yes, exactly. You know, is the familiarity. Right. Yeah. Familiarity breeds contempt, right? Yeah. So we can have contempt of our own gifts simply right. because they're I, so familiar to us. I know. I mean, this is going to air at a different day, but that was really one of the, the gospel readings just recently about, you know, you can't be a prophet in your own land. Familiarity breeds contempt. True. That is it true. Is so true. One of the, the word that's really kind of coming to my heart right now as we discuss this topic is peace. Mm. Coveting certainly implies a lack of peace within oneself and a lack of contentment with what one has. This idea of needing to grasp for something more to feel fulfilled. And the topic of peace and feeling peace within the soul is a really, really important one. Because the Lord has promised peace. My peace be with you. My peace I give to you. Mm. I give not as the world gives. My peace that passes understanding. And so when we're in a place where we feel a lack of peace and we're feeling we need to grasp for something more than what we have, it's a good place to enter into an examination of why, where is this coming from? And I think often it will come to those places like you were referring to before, Pam, of this lie that you've been, you know, bought that somehow you need something outside of the Lord for fulfillment, for meaning. But that you are lacking, you know, that you're really lacking and not remembering that you are a beloved child of God. Right. And I think often we get distracted by the bright, shiny things, Mm. you know, and the things that the world tells us we should desire, that our priorities in life, that we should be striving Mm -hmm. for. And unfortunately, so many of us have bought into this idea that we have to have this, that or the other in order to be happy or successful or respected, that it fosters this um, attitude that's like, I need to work, 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 work and make money, 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 money so I can get the things that I need in order to be happy or fulfilled. And it's really created a real culture of materialism and working for the wrong things. Yes. Yes, I really see it. I mean, I like it in my own life raising children in this culture, we truly are salmon swimming upstream. We are going against the current that wants to push us down literally and to have us buy all these worldly notions of, you know, wealth, fame, fortune, popularity, things like that. Um, And we have to really every day fight against it to live as the gospels would tell us that when we are weak, we are strong. And I think that is such a hard thing for us, not only to comprehend, but to live it out in our lives. And I, I have to say that that's definitely in my prayers very often is, Lord, thank you for making me so small. I think of St. Therese, a little flower, um, St. Therese of Les Jus, 
<laughs> I, I do not speak French. <laughs> but to think of her, and she reminds me, it is beautiful to be little. It is beautiful to be simple. And I think we've lost a lot of that, a beauty in that too. Because I think the Lord keeps things simple for us. Right. I think the point that you made is that when we are little, we are great. Like, you know, so often we, we minimize our true value when we maximize the value of material things. And I also really, as you were talking, something came to mind. I really think that the degree to which we are struggling with um, the population decrease because of people not having children comes from this sin. Because think about oh, what wow. often motivates yeah. people to have less children. Well, I want to make sure I can give my kids everything that they should have. I want to make sure that I can have a big house and we can go on vacations and we can buy travel all the world stuff and have great clothes and travel and send them all to great colleges. So I can't have a lot of children because we need all those things. Mm. And so what we have done is traded the greatest blessing in the world, greatest. which is to foster a human soul as a parent and traded it for more material things because we've coveted the things that others had. And we told mm -hmm. ourselves the lie that we won't be good parents unless we can give those things to our children. Right. You know, I've said this before on the podcast, but it warrants saying again, when the Lord really wants to bless us, he blesses us with descendants. Yeah, I mean, he's spoken that. Yes. I mean, that's what that his great blessing upon Abraham was exactly that your descendants right. would be as great as the sands and the on the shore and the numbers of the stars. Right, yeah, I so mean, beautiful. Yeah, and it's that, my friends. You may be hearing this, and maybe you're at a time in your life where you just can't comprehend that that's a truth. But believe me, with time and time on this planet and in this culture, you'll see just how very true it is. So be fruitful and multiply. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, I've read one time, um, they did this big study of uh, people who had, you know, lived like really long lives and uh, kind of interviewed them about, you know, as they were approaching the end of their life, like what were their joys and their regrets and, and all this sort of thing. And, the thing that emerged time and time again was the reality is they had wished they had spent more time with family and friends and they wish often that they'd had more children. Mm. And it was the reality of the importance of relationships and the value of time spent with people that were loved that really gave life meaning. Nobody said, I wish I had more stuff. I wish I had a better car or I wish I had nicer clothes or I wish I had a more awesome house. Like nobody was saying that at the end of a life where they had lived a long life and they looked back, what they wanted was more experience of loving relationships. And when we spend our time focused on material goods or focused on comparisons with other people, with the things we have or don't have or wish we had, it, again, it takes away from fostering time with the relationships, which are really the important thing in the life and the thing that's really going to give our life meaning and value and joy. And it's where we'll find peace in being loved by others and knowing God through the love of others, which is what this show is about. 
Absolutely. So I think it's awesome that at the end of these 10 commandments, what we're finally landing on is exactly what this show is meant to be about, about growing in our understanding of God's love for us, our trust in his provision and coming to know each other and loving each other through God's grace and thus coming to know him even better through those relationships instead of this stuff. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's very, goes without saying how many times that you long, or this is for my youth. I mean, I was in college and there was this gift that I really longed for and I received the gift and I was shocked at how unfulfilling it was once mm-hmm. I received it. And it was something I had longed for. And, and my friends, that's what material goods do. They leave you wanting. Right. It's not going to fulfill that spot in you that only the Lord can fill. Or even maybe if, even if you are like super excited when you get it, but then two years from there, then you never even use it. You know, you don't even care about it. It's, you know, it's on to the next thing. Mm. Right. And so I think to put our longing where our longing belongs, where there actually can be a true, fulfilling, joyful peace that comes is to put our hearts and minds and souls ordered towards the Lord, which is the first and greatest commandment, right? Amen. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your body. And love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two and greatest commandments, and all the law and the prophets are summarized in these. Amen to that. And so as we've journeyed through these Ten Commandments, I hope that in learning more about the various ways that we can live them in life today. It's caused you to desire to grow closer to the Lord and draw deeper into relationship with him. And I know that he will bless that desire and that that blessing will only spill forth and, and just abundantly multiply and impact all your relationships. And, and we pray that uh, you will go forth and live joyfully, abundantly and obediently to the Lord because his commands our life and truth itself and the source of all happiness. Right. He knows that what is best for the human person. And if we stay in his boundaries of the 10 commandments, we will flourish and we will grow and we will be satisfied in this life. Amen. And then we will have hope of eternal with him. So keep striving towards that and keep asking for God's grace to live Mm -hmm. that. And until next time, God bless. God bless.